You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 42 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name is Valerie Koo and I'm here with the very well-travelled, very jet-lagged Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I feel like if I'm slurring my words <laughs> slightly, it's not because I've had a big day down at the bar. It's because I've been travelling since I think like... Monday, <laughs> and Monday, to, and today is Wednesday, Wednesday night as Wednesday we're recording this. I left, uh, th- I left my hotel in Havana at three a.m. on Monday. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so, so Gina <laughs> only got back to Melbourne today, the day that we're recording, and she yeah. decided, oh, this would be a good time to record <laughs> a podcast <laughs> because we wanted to get this out for you in time. So. <laughs> You know, big claps to Gina uh, for for stop, soldiering on. I don't think she's had any sleep for, I don't know, slept. 72 hours or something. Yeah, so for three this, days. this episode could be quite hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I am really keen to quiz Gina on everything that she's been doing on her big adventure. Now, she went to Vegas and we will do a episode on that. But this particular episode is all about Havana because Gina went to Cuba. What an awesome place. How was it? Did you have an amazing time? Was it what you expected? It was everything. But I have to tell you that while I was away, I thought I would be clever. And because every time I go away, my adult children, this is the place to be, throw parties, have a good time, right? So I thought I'm going to put one over on them. (laughs) I decided to get the whole house painted while they were away. Oh, clever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So imagine after you've been traveling for 72 hours Mm. and all you want to do is come home, Mm. have a little lie down in your own bed to come home. They haven't finished painting. Oh, no. The house. So every piece of furniture (gasps) and all hanging. I got everything painted bar my office because that would have done my head in. Yes. is stuffed into my office, including my son's bed. Oh, no. (laughs) He's been living here while the painting's going on. My daughter was smart enough to move out. And there's like three painters here when I come home. And they're like, yeah, we're nearly finished. We're just like, you know, cleaning up. And so I've spent... So I've come home. I haven't even... My luggage is still in the car. Oh, my gosh. And... (laughs) I've been just looking for stuff and trying to because I can't even focus. I'm just trying to put some order back into the house. So, so, so that's where I'm at. And so I'm holed up here in my office in a tiny little corner, uh-huh. and like you can't see wall space because it's piled up with furniture oh and guff. So I've just seen. Are, are they just really slow painters, or well, what? there was supposed to be four of them. Um, We're going to do the entire place in four days. That yes. was the deal. Yes. Two of them didn't turn up. <gasps> so two of them did it. So it took them a little bit longer. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Okay. Fantastic. Mm. Well, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, under those circumstances as well, Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Um, But we want to give a big shout out to Missy Miss Photography because Missy Miss has uh, left us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you so much, Missy Miss. And she, I'm assuming she's a she, has said, Yeah, you'd hope so. Just like a jar of Nutella, I hope this never ends. I am loving it so much. After time away from the studio raising babies, it is a hilarious and educational 
traditional road back to the world of photography that I love and missed. Every time I get in the car, I have Gina and Valerie in the front seat with me, filling me in on the latest and greatest. Fabulous. Oh, well, thank you so much, Missy Miss. That's cool. Hi yeah. to everyone who's driving at the moment too. Hello, when we're sitting yes. next to you, just um, slow down a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it certainly helps us in the rankings. So before we move on to Havana, before we move on to Gina's big adventure in Cuba, I, which I can't wait to quiz her about, we have a listener question. So this is from Isaac Percy. Cell. And Isaac has uh, sent us a bunch of some you know, great photos, fitness type photos, like taken in a gym with, you know, sports gear on, that sort of thing. And we will put those images in the show notes. And he has said, hi, Gina, I was hoping you could help. I've learned a lot by trying to recreate photos and lighting setups from fitness and portrait photographers I follow. I'm getting frustrated because I can't figure out what modifiers or light setups these photographers are using and how they are getting the nice jawline and cheekbone shadows. Ah, great question. Mm. I've tried different setups, but I can't quite nail it. My photos, he's attached his photos, I'm trying to recreate some some lighting, which and he's um, supplied that photo as well. I'm using one or two bare flashes as rim lights and diffuse light through a 80 centimeter softbox, usually camera right or left. Now we're putting these um, images in the show notes, but basically he's got a series of, of shots that are you know wearing um, fitness gear, um, sports bras, that sort of thing, but very very Buff. much. Yeah, buff, buff models. models. Linda, is, who's the chick out of Terminator? Linda, Linda Hamilton, Hamilton with the arms. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And they've got eight packs, some of these girls. Yeah, really, really, mm, really good. Shredded. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so, Gina, um, I think that's a really good question. Maybe yeah. if we can start with before. How, how to recreate it? Well, before doing, you know, an overall critique, I'm mm. really interested in that question. How are they getting the nice jawline and yep. cheekbone shadows beauty dish mm-hmm. so the, the light modifier uh beauty dish creates a um a, a kind of a hard light and it's got a, a rapid fall off from from highlight to shadow and that's what you see in uh, a lot of cover shots mm. and a lot of high-end beauty photography so that the, the beauty dish is uh right over the face of the portrait up high and above and uh it lights the face and then it falls off to shadow rapidly, perfect for defining the jawline. So it's definitely a beauty dish. Mm. To create uh, the fall off on the sides of the face, and you see this a lot in movie posters, Val. Mm. You know those when, when whatever, when you see people composted into um, into different backgrounds, you see that they've got that the, the shaft of light running down the sides of their faces. Yes, yes. That's created with uh, soft boxes. So strip soft boxes, which are long, narrow soft boxes mm-hmm. um, d- and run down the side of the face. And, th- and so um, you've got them directly behind the model and they will give you uh, that beautiful highlight. So um, mm. that's how it's done. Basically. Wow. Okay, great. But also some of the things that um, Isaac will want to achieve are things like the eight-pack of abs. Yeah. How do you really – obviously, you know, it, it's, it's about it's... what you eat, Val. It's not about <laughs> exercise at all. So it's okay. what I've learned. You can do sit-ups till the cows come home, but the best advice I ever got, shut the fridge. Okay. <laughs> but when you're photographing an eight-pack, uh, Gina – what is the best way to you know show it off in its best light you and i were taught how to light a fitness model by can you remember who it was peter andre broadway gym (laughs) (laughs) so for those of you who don't know who peter andre is especially our u.s listeners he's a singer currently based in the uk but he's an australian and he had quite a lot of hits out you know a decade or so ago but he was also very well known for his abs Mm. 
and uh, Gina and I photographed him at uh, this this you know dusty old gym with no air conditioning you know like a real gym gym uh, in Broadway in Sydney once and yes you tell the rest of the story. So he had uh, instructions on on how to light him, and he's like, "It's all about downlights, downlights that mm. define the muscles." So basically, uh, when you're photographing uh, fitness models and you want to really show definition in in all the muscles, uh, light from high above. So what happens is each muscle will cast a shadow under the muscle and give it the the greatest definition. So that's basically how it's done. So you light up from high above. So you even put a um, a large softbox directly over the model so that the light hits down and then you might have a separate, uh, say, beauty dish over the face just so you clean up because you don't want to downlight someone's face because you'll catch under the eyes um, and everything like that. And, and um, just for yourself at home, put down lights in your bathroom. <laughs> so, so then when you look at yourself in the mirror every morning you look like you're shredded mm, mm, mm. Uh, absolutely and also I just have a suggestion it's not so much of a, a photographic suggestion but when you're doing fitness models because what Isaac's done is he's shown us his models and his photos on the right and we'll put this mm. in the show notes and that he's shown the look he's trying to create with these other fitness fitness models taken by other people on the left. And obviously um, uh, you need fitness models that are really, really cut and shredded, as yeah. Gina said. But if whether they are, they aren't. One of the things – well, hopefully they are. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you should get them to do basically is, you know, if you're, if you're shooting their muscle their, – their, their bicep, make them do push-ups yeah. beforehand. Yeah. If you're shooting their abs, make them do – you know, crunches or mm. whatever it is that, you know. <laughs> and Peter Andre, the, the most ridiculous extreme of crunch, he did 20 between each frame. Mm. So he'd pose, he'd, he'd squeeze his abs together, we'd take the photo and he'd go, okay, hang on, and he'd... <laughs> mm. And then he'd get into position, take another frame, and he'd do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely get them to actually... Work that muscle beforehand because then that muscle will be will be a lot more defined. And you know the Wolverine trick, Val. What's the Wolverine? Trick? So you know uh, the early posters for Wolverine. He's oh yes. Standing, he's standing uh, like three quarters to the camera, and he's just like you can see the big V and his muscular chest and his veins popping arms out. Arms are even. slightly out, and um, you can see like all the veins. He's yes. like, like in his, in his arms, and they're just like pumped up. You know how to do that is what you do is you get the guy or the girl to hold a couple of sandbags yes in their hands and what that does is it actually pumps up the arms and makes all the muscles stand out and you can either leave them in the hands and photoshop them out later or just before you're about to take the frame drop mm. drop the drop the the bags out of a frame and like the muscles will still be uh pumped up or the other way as you said is to just quickly do uh, a quick pump or the bodybuilders don't even do push-ups fell they just like hold their hands t- together Mm. And they'll pump their pump their muscles mm. in each yes. arm, or you know, and do that, and that just um, brings out the a bit more definition. Okay, great. So we hope that helps a little bit, Isaac. Um, and uh, good, we'd look forward to seeing your next lot of fitness shots. Yeah, so he just needs to avoid the bare bare flashes that he's been using, and and get some modifiers. Mm-mm. All right, wonderful. So let's move on to Cuba. Oh, my God. First, tell me, why did you want to go to Cuba? So it's always been on my list of exotic places I've wanted to visit just because it's a place that's frozen in time and it's got all those um, exotic uh, uh, American cars uh, from the like 1950s and uh, the the, the crumbling uh, architecture and beautiful buildings and it's uh, in the, you know, it's just... An amazing uh, dream destination that I've always uh, wanted to go to. So when, mm-hmm. when the opportunity came up, I'm, I'm like, I'm going. That's it. It's done. And it you was... celebrated your birthday there. I did, yes. I had my birthday there and that was uh, amazing and exciting. It was just, um, it's it's up there with probably, you know, the top 
three trips I've ever been wow. on. Wow. Well, I loved following spot. along your Instagram. But what I would like to know is, okay, so you wanted to go to this dream destination. Yeah. What exactly did you want to achieve there? Because, like, did you have a set shot list that you wanted to get? Did you plan to just wander around? Did, were you going there with a particular project or purpose? What were you actually trying to achieve, photographic-wise, obviously, uh, from visiting there? So I had um, several projects and images in mind that I needed to get. Um, some of them were going to be uh, part of the, the book that I'm writing and mm-hmm. that I actually uh, just finished as well. Well done. Uh, um, How did that yeah, feel? I know. I'm so, I'm so excited. Did you celebrate somehow? Um, I haven't had a chance because I, I, I actually just uh, handed the last chapter in um, today was the deadline and uh, it was like Jeez. I felt like I just handed in my homework oh my <laughs> just goodness. on time I just scraped in so um, so a number of the shots were for that and and I just had like uh, up there in my mind's eye I've got these ideas of like yeah you know what I'd love to do I'd love to do this or I'd love to create that shot so I had an idea of you know how I wanted to uh, capture Cuba and mm. uh, you know I, I, I'm pretty happy with uh, what I came back with. But did I tell you, Val, well, I haven't had a chance. Like, we haven't even spoken yet. No, this is literally yeah. like, just go on the phone. Live. Said, <laughs> Let's just, like, launch into it. So this is live catching up. <laughs> but the hell trip from Las Vegas to Mexico. Okay. Goodness me, no. Go on. So um, it was like a midnight flight that I got on um, in Vegas. Now, Vegas, I didn't actually sleep. I was there. I think I had my room for two or three nights. Mm-hmm. And I slept in the bed for one of those nights because <laughs> I was very busy working. And I was exhausted, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, so – I'm traveling light this trip. I decided to, um, because I I wanted to shoot in a way that was really portable Mm. and in a way that I could um, advise any photographer at any level could achieve the shots that I got with the gear that I got. And I had a kit, a lighting kit that was under $200. Uh Wow. It's entirety that I used the entire time. Couple of different modifiers that, that, that like later on in the show, I'll actually uh, break down what I used. Great. But so, and I wanted to really limit myself to one camera and one lens. Oh my god, that's what I took. Okay. Wow. So, so which camera had, and lens did you take? I had my five D Mark III, which is my lightest SLR. It's mm-hmm. small and compact. Um, I had the 24 to 105. Now, agonized mm. over this, Val, I really wanted to take my 70 to 200 mm. for portraits, but I wanted the wi- – and I and I just like – I when the whole kit was packed, it was still a little bit too heavy, but I, I was going to try and wing it. So I had a laptop, two, two very portable hard drives, the 70 – the 24 to 105, the 5D. Mm. I had a um, – Yong Nuo. Oh, yes. The $80 flash. And I also had my 580 EX, the Canon version, mm. and two two speed lights and a light meter. Right. That's it. Wow. That was, oh, sorry. A tripod. Oh, yes. An umbrella softbox mm-hmm. and a softbox. Okay. Right? So wow. that's my kit. And, and it all fit, like, the, the, the soft boxes went into my luggage. Mm. The camera gear and the hard drives were with me. Okay. Right. A small um, roller bag. Right. So midnight, I get my flight. No sleep. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Meanwhile, no, hang on a minute. So everyone in, uh, in Central America mm. just assumes that I speak Spanish for some reason. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because look, I don't look Spanish in the slide. So they they just assume. So they see my name. This is a Spanish-speaking person. They changed the gate. They oh. didn't tell me. Oh. They didn't tell me. They announced it over the in, – in Spanish. So, oh. you know, and I'm like no idea, clueless. And then they're all boarded. They're calling <gasps> 
So they're saying, oh, Lily, 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 Gina, Misha, Gina, and I'm like, oh, I know they're calling me, but what gate have you moved to? And I'm asking everyone. No one, no one spoke English. Oh my! Tell me what gate I was supposed to be at. Right. So um, I finally find the plane and they get me on and it's this whole rush and there's nowhere to put my bag. And they're like, I'm going to put it under. I'm like, no, nah, it's not going under. It's got all my gear on it. It's mm. coming with me. They're like, I can't go with you. There's this whole argument that happens. And anyway, they find a spot three seats up from where I was sitting. Lovely man helps me, oh. <laughs> Carrie, put the bag up. Yeah. And then I put my laptop on the top of the bag as well, which is there's a little slot for it for safekeeping. Yes. Okay. Shut the thing overhead. Yeah. The, the the plane's starting to taxi and I'm like, okay, everything's on, everybody's safe. I can get into my seat and I fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> Four and a half hours later, I wake up, we're in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yay. Everyone gets off the plane. I get off. I open the compartment. There's nothing there, Val. <gasps> No. No. You mean the the compartment the that you put your the, com- the bag is completely empty. And oh so like to the hostess I'm like, "Where's my bag?" She's like, "What bag?" <gasps> I'm like, "My bag. I put it here." She's like, "No, nah, I didn't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about." You mean there's no bag at all? There's nothing there, Val. The plane oh. now empty. Everyone's mm-hmm. left. I'm like, and it was like, this was like a, a scene in a movie, you know, where you're going, no, no, no. Oh. I put the bag there. And then I'm furiously looking around for the guy who helped me. Yes. And he's not there. And I'm like, the guy, the guy that helped me. And it's and I'm like, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Yes. I dream all of that. Where's my bag? And okay, at this point, I'm freaking out because three days of work in Vegas. Yeah is in that bag because both my hard drives, because oh. I backed up twice, yeah. and the laptop are all in the one bag. Oh, my God. So everything is there. I don't have a camera. I've got nothing to take to Cuba. Everything's oh. gone. Okay? I'm oh. tired. Oh. And they're just saying, we don't know what you're talking about. And so, and then I'm going, where's my bag? Where's my bag? Don't know what you're talking about. I keep asking people. No one would answer me. I'm about to cry at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and then finally they go, oh, someone took it off the plane. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It went underneath. I'm like, <gasps> like that's all my camera gear. And my laptop was just, sl- was just like slotted into the top. It's kind of loose and it's just like a little slot oh. for it. Oh, my it's not God. even secure. Oh my god! They're like, yeah, I think it's gone underneath, and they give me this little ticket that's like a like a a receipt, uh-huh. like lightly printed ink. Here, you, you should find it. It'll be fine. It'll be on the carousel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who takes a bag off the plane without permission? Uh, there wasn't any room. I'm like, I put it away. It, it was already stored. They're like, oh, we decided to take it off while the plane was going. Yes. They took three bags off, just like that, because they decided. So I have to go through customs. and So while the plane was going, they'd actually take it off. They must must do it internally. Yeah, they took three off, okay, and they put them underneath. Um, I had to go through customs and then wait at the uh, baggage claim. Mm. And for an hour, I thought I was planning on just coming home. Oh, my God. Like, I was devastated. Yes, of course. I'm not going to find my bag. It's going to be gone. Um, anyway, the bag turns up, <laughs> but there's no laptop. Oh, no. So I'm like, where's my laptop? They're like, don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. They're back and forth, back and forth. I stood there and I just insisted and kept going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. It was, don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about until finally, oh, hang on a minute. And it's like they must have gone the equivalent of Dave. Ozzy, <laughs> you seen all that? Is this it? Got it back. Oh, my God. The stress. It was so stressful. Oh. I had to get the other fl- – and I nearly missed my, um, my connecting flight. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I got to Cuba, I was very relieved. 
Yes. So the moral of that story is, um, you know, keep an eye on your stuff, even when it's in the overhead. Yeah, and put your two, if you've got two hard drives, put split one in your them, luggage. Split them like the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay, well, you survived that mm. and you got to Cuba. But before we get to Cuba, what preparation had you done? Did you know of what things that you wanted to shoot? Did you arrange anything? Did you do any research to know where would be the good places? Yeah, what kind of preparation did you do for your trip? So basically, and, and, and I would just like to say, um, don't worry, everyone. We're not letting Gina off the hook. When we do the episode on Vegas, we will be asking her <laughs> why she only slept in her room for one out of the three nights. But we'll save that for another time. So back to it, preparation. Um, so basically, uh, I needed, I wanted to not be the one on the ground finding things out as I went along in a country like Cuba. I wanted someone on the inside. So I actually arranged to have a Cuban photographer um, as my assistant. Right. Uh, and so I was actually very lucky uh, to get to work with uh, a lady by the name of uh, Laces Quesada. I put her um, her a link to her, her work in the show notes. Right. Um, she is a phenomenal photographer and she told me a little bit about her story. Mm. Um, most Cuban photographers only work with available light because mm. there's actually, there aren't any camera stores in Cuba. Wow. So her cameras are um, hand-me-down. So she works for a group called the Santa Fe Workshop there in Cuba and they will uh, assist tourists who come in and they run workshops with tourists around Cuba. And so often she might be lucky enough to to get someone who's passing through who might have a, a reflector that they no longer want and they'll give her or a camera that they're about to trade up and they'll give her that. So like wow. here is secondhand. Mm. She works... Um, only with a 35 mil lens mm. um, and uh, she processes the work off a, like a, 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 a small laptop, which is, uh, she said that like she's actually been invited to exhibit. She's been to Sydney. Uh, she's exhibited in New York and uh, in Europe as well. And she said that when she got to New York, like her Photoshop was so old that it, it wasn't recognized. Oh, my God. Uh, like, you know, so this is what they're up against. Mm. And, you know, talk about... Uh, doing great work and it's not it's not about the gear because these guys they're all phenomenal photographers mm. and the way they use light mm. uh to tell a story uh it's just it's just incredible so that for me um having her on the ground with me was just such a huge honor and and like such a big help mm. so um yeah that, that that was uh so how did you find her uh <laughs> google <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> so I Googled and uh, I emailed a couple of people. I actually had another guy lined up earlier who uh, had fallen through. So uh, this, uh, she was my second choice and uh, she was the right choice in the end. You know, nothing happens by uh, accident. I think I was always supposed to, to meet and work with her and uh, yeah, it was quite, quite an experience. Right. All right. So apart, so you had someone on the ground to yep. help you like scout locations and yep. is that what you mean? Yeah, so what we did is uh, the, the first day I arrived, uh, we went out uh, the next day early. So um, we went out, we would go out at dawn each day. We shot from dawn till about midday. Um, and after that, it just became too hot and often too crowded in, in many of the places. So um, that's when, so that the, the second day I was there, we did a, like a three hour recce uh, around around Havana and we uh, picked and uh, picked all the places that, that I wanted to shoot in and then went about uh, trying to line up talent for each of the shots. Mm. Okay, so tell me about the lining up talent. Like yes. what kind of talent and how where'd you get them? So, I mean, the, the first thing I did when I, when I got to Cuba was I did what everybody does and that's uh, photograph the cars. <laughs> um, and so the shot you see on uh, that's going to be the cover uh, of uh, the podcast is uh, like a, a, an old blue um, 
uh, I think 1950s American classic car in in the streets of Havana, and that's the sort of shot that, that that's the classic uh, mm. Cuba shot that you see everywhere. So had to do I did all of those with my iPhone, Val. Wow. So that, that's uh, done in um, shot shot on the uh, the iPhone and then processed in Snapseed. Mm. It's a pretty good ad for Snapseed. So that shot itself, I tagged uh, Igas Cuba. And they reposted it, and it got about 600 likes. Wow, okay. Hmm. Awesome. So, um, yeah, they, this is going to be the episode art for this particular yep. episode yep. 42, and yep. it's the shot of the blue car. We'll also put it in the show notes. Yep. Uh, but it's, yeah, classic old retro American car with this amazing backdrop of Cuba. Um, yeah, okay, so what else? So, yeah, so um, – I wanted uh, to capture the people of Cuba and I wanted to do a lot of uh, uh, sort of environmental portraits. So mm-hmm. we had a couple of people in mind uh, that, that I wanted to photograph and one of them was uh, a boxer and um, my inspiration for this guy was um, the trainer out of Rocky. Uh, the old trainer? Yeah. As in Burgess Meredith? Yeah. So, yeah, Mickey. Mm -hmm. So, uh, because this guy works uh, at the gym, he used to be a boxer. He showed me photos of him in his 20s Mm. um, and now he's like the caretaker of the gym. And so I asked him if he'd uh, pose for a, you know, a strong uh, portrait in front of the the, the boxing ring. Mm. Um, And so it's it's just like the coolest – sort of boxing ring it's out in the open and it's like an open air shed wow <laughs> stadium and uh all the all the young boxers train there and while we were shooting uh the all the there was like about 20 young boxers who were in the stands having english lessons huh. while i was shooting um you know the, the, this uh the, the caretaker of the gym and he loved having his portrait taken and i set him up in this uh very strong pose you know mm. he's his legs are spread and uh, he's sort of got his hand hooked in, in, in his pants and he's holding a pair of boxing gloves and he like I got him to wear a, a, a white singlet mm. um, and then, you know, assume the, uh, the the tough look. And every time I'd shoot, he kept going into the um, the bodybuilder pose because yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had quite a good physique for an old yes, guy. Yes. And he was like... in like possibly his 70s mm. and he was still very buff and very fit, but yeah. he kept going up into the, uh, like, you know, the, the classic uh, bodybuilder, two <laughs> arms in the air, flexing his biceps because that's the shot he wanted. So, yeah, we, 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 that, was, um, that was a really cool shot to get and, uh, and, and set up. And, and, and uh, I had uh, laces. I was uh, directing in English mm. uh, and then she would uh, translate in Spanish. Wow. And uh, and then sometimes I just uh, just use body language to try and mm. and just because something gets lost in the translation and plus my jokes don't translate that well into Spanish no. <laughs> like they don't get them so you know there was a lot of gesturing and and often I'd have to just like um you know like to to get him into that stance that he's like legs spread and, and hands in a certain position and holding the gloves in a certain position I just actually got in there and did it and showed yeah. and I'm like like this like this like this and then I'd move his hands and put them in his pockets and mm. and 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 show him and then like he couldn't couldn't get his head in the right angle so I just put my hands on either side of his face and sort of <laughs> bend it <laughs> place um and 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 then uh finally uh nailed the shot and it's just sort of a really grungy uh yeah and i'm, I'm very proud of that shot. yeah we'll, and we've we will put the shot in the show notes but it is a great shot of of this guy who is quite buff even though he is you know um as you say possibly 70 uh in this amazing sort of uh, outdoor boxing arena kind of thing and you know how Val, you love doing bikram yoga <laughs> Which is where like not. You, tr- you train in uh, 40 degree plus uh, heat and like 90% humidity. Yes, and I do not love it at all. So imagine doing photography <laughs> while you're doing Bikram yoga. Right. In a language. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what it's like to shoot in Cuba because it's just Great. like, and they, Cubans don't sweat, they don't perspire. Really? No. Nah. Because they're used to it. So were you stinky? 
I'm like, not, not so much stinky, but constantly, like, just soaking wet. Yeah, right. And, and like, just, like, dripping. Like, the only other time that's ever happened to me is when I was in um, Bali shooting. Yeah. I remember being, um, like, up on a ladder photographing a model that was lying down, and I just mm. remember it was just, like, perspiration dripping off my face onto mm. the camera and then like just past the model like rain it was just revolting because oh, like, if you're not used to it yes what do you do so I, like I had a towel like rocky around my neck <laughs> and I was just like having to towel myself down because it was that hot well I would never shoot in such conditions because obviously if it's that hot I would actually just sit in the air conditioning you know by the bar uh so what do people need to be aware of in terms of their gear if when you're shooting in such humid, I guess, conditions? The first, so, so it wasn't always that humid. It was just that as my body, body was heating up, right. the, um, the, the, the camera viewfinder and, and the lenses would uh, steam up. And yeah. so when you are in high humidity, the first thing that happens, and if it's never happened to you before, um, Everyone freaks out, and I freaked out. Well, this happened to us in uh, Singapore, didn't it, Val? Mm. The first time I remember. Um, you, as soon as you go from aircon mm. to um, steamy conditions, your lenses will fog up, fog, yep. and you freak out because you can't see anything, and you think <laughs> there's something wrong. But it, and, but it takes about I don't know. Ten, if you wait ten to fifteen minutes, um, the the lens will get used to the conditions and 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 the mist goes away. So just be aware of that. Don't freak out. Just wait, and everything mm. will be okay again. So tell us about some other shots and other other things that you did in Cuba. Did you were they all set up, or did you have? you know, where it was pre-organised by that lady beforehand, Laces beforehand, or did you get candid shots on the street? So we set up um, two of the shots and the rest were by chance. And, really? and so uh, one of uh, one of my favourites, and I don't even think I've put it in the show notes. Oh, yes, I have, is uh, this again was maybe 7.30 in the morning um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Armando was, I was photographing someone else actually. Mm. And all of a sudden this gentleman comes around the corner, smoking a cigar, mm-hmm. wearing a hat with a shirt, with about five cigars in his top pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, um, the Cuban uh, national newspaper under his arm, mm. like what a character. Yes. And, like I immediately stopped him. I asked if he, if I could take his photo. He was very, very charming, happy to oblige. He yeah. stayed with us for about half an hour wow. uh, while I set up the shot. And then um, there's this moment where this was actually early morning and I've lit it uh, to look like uh, early evening. Yes, it does look like early evening. By using, you do that by um, shutting your shutter speed all the way down, so you can so you can recreate uh, any time of the day by controlling shutter speed. Shutter speed controls your ambient light when you're shooting with flash. So I'd, I'd created this really moody shot, and I was really happy with how it was looking. An empty street, sort of empty Cuban street, guy smoking a cigar, and then at one moment this um, old. Uh, American style car that's also a taxi mm. uh, t- goes into the back of frame, mm. and I, and I managed to just get the shot. So it was just like perfect timing that it turned up then. And and so every now and then, if you're ready and in the right place at the right time, and open to um, not being afraid to ask people to pose for mm. you, you get these gifts like this one. And and uh, you know, I think this is my favourite shot. Um, from the Cuba trip. And this is an example of perfect timing and the image is in the show notes, but not only did this retro taxi come into frame at the exact point that the old man was just puffing out this amazing billow of smoke from his cigar and it's just, yeah, perfect uh, frozen moment in time. 
So that's set up though, Val. He's uh, like he he poor guy. I think was getting emphysema by the number <laughs> of times I'd asked him to. No, can you drag in a little bit more? Those <laughs> fat Cuban cigars. So, so he's puffing away, creating the smoke. But he just he just kept on doing it. He gazed wherever I told him to. Wow. He held. He, he stayed in position. He was beautiful, and then he went off to um, visit his granddaughter, who was in hospital after that. Wow. He tells the story of that, and he was just like the sweetest, most beautiful man, and so happy to help. And um, and actually, another passerby was there that I roped in to hold the reflector <laughs> as well, and she happily did that, and she was just so happy to be involved. And wow. then during that shoot, Val, the police came along. Oh, and. And did you include them in your shots? <laughs> I took a shot of them. I think I'll put it in the show notes, but I'm not sure if I, I don't want to incriminate anyone in the okay. show. Yeah, I, I did. I might take that shot out. Yeah, they, they turn up and they kind of um, don't, they ignore me. They go uh-huh. straight up to uh, my assistant and they go, papers, where oh. are your papers? And uh, they're like, uh, have you got a permit to be shooting on this street? I'm like, God, not here too. Oh. <laughs> you know? And she's like, she just would like let him have it. I've mm. like I've never seen a ballsier woman. Be, she just went. What, what do you mean? I don't need papers. Free. It's free country. I can shoot wherever I want. Give me your numbers. What's your name? Oh What's gosh. your first name? Like the and these guys are going. No, no. Give us your papers. ID. You know. And I'm like, they're gonna throw you in jail. And she just like tore, tore them to shreds. <laughs> and they finally let her go. Oh my god. I know. Gutsy, hey. Yeah. Do you need papers to shoot? No, you do to film. So right. she said they were confused. And you know what I'm trying to do? Because I've, um, I've got a bag full of pastries that I took from the buffet every morning. <laughs> my bag with pastries so that I could give them to people that I like, happened to be photographing. Oh so I would give everyone cash. I had Chubba Chubs, which are lollipops. And I also had Matchbox cars and little little uh, little girls' dolls. Uh-huh. So my bag was filled with that. And then I would um, – Why have you got Matchbox cars and little girls' dolls? Because I bought them here because, uh, like, I read that, like, the children don't have toys over there. You can't okay. buy toys. So oh. they like little dolls and the boys love little Matchbox cars. So that's okay. what I could hand out. So if, a, like, a, a young lady or, a, like, a, a, a guy, I'd ask them, have you got kids? They're like, yeah, I've got little kids. I'd give them a car or I've got, have you got boys or girls? And then I could give them something. Right. Uh, which, because I just felt like just giving cash was like yeah, sure. know, not, not not very personal. So sure. this was just a, like a nicer touch. Yeah. So like this this beautiful breakfast buffet was going to waste <laughs> on me because I don't <laughs> eat breakfast. So I'm like, I'm just going to fill my bag every morning and then hand. So so these these cops <laughs> are like tr- trying to arrest my assistant, and I'm trying the. I wonder if they like all cops like donuts. So I'm just <laughs> sitting there going, do you do you want a donut? Do you want a donut? <laughs> like no. Nah. Don't. And I'm like, what, like, and it's really serious. It's like heated. And I'm like, I'm going to just try and diffuse. And I'm like, what, what about, what about croissant? Do you want croissant? <laughs> He's like, I don't want a croissant. I'm like, do you speak English? He's like, and in perfect English. He's like, I don't speak English. <laughs> right? You know, he was doing that trick. So I'm like, what about, what about an eclair? You like an eclair? <laughs> it's just like, it was very funny. Oh my God, only you. <laughs> well, good to see that your, you know, hotel buffet breakfast got put to good use. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, but, but, um, I want to talk about uh, the portable lighting setup that I was using uh, to yes. create a lot of these shots because um, very cheap and very light and uh, perfect for traveling. And I know that like just by looking at uh, our Facebook group page, Val, mm. everyone is somewhere at any given time. Like they, these guys travel. They're yeah, all like, yeah. They get around. So, um, And if you haven't joined us in the Facebook group yet, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and uh, join us because that's where we all connect and it's, it's great fun. Anyway, I digress. Go on. Um, so basically uh, I had an uh, extendable pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can replace that with uh, a lightweight light stand, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I had uh, the – you need one speed light. I had two. I never used two. 
Right, really? So, yeah. So uh, a speed light and, and the other recommendation I would make is I usually have rechargeable batteries when mm. I'm here at home. Right. For travel, I recommend that you don't bring rechargeables because then you've got to also bring the paraphernalia that goes mm. along with them. Mm. And there's also the risk of like, I don't know, being on the plane and the radiation and all of that might discharge the charge from the batteries. Right. So, you know, I don't think it's and I, and I've always found that when I've had rechargeables and I go to do the shoot, they're flat. So I right. think that might have something to do with it. Some of the science guys might be able to answer that for me if that if that might be the case. So mm. um, for travelling to Cuba, you can't really buy AA batteries or anything easily there. So mm. um, if you're going to sort of remote locations, then, you know, bring extra batteries. So that, uh, the Flash, uh, two, uh, like I had pocket wizards, but any um, wireless triggers. Mm. And and uh, and then uh, your modifier of choice. So I was using an umbrella box, but but the best one, the best discovery I had is you know that little plastic dome that goes on the um, little diffuser dome that goes on the flash. It's yes, the mm-hmm. size as mm-hmm. a flash, right? They're yeah. like about two. They're two dollars. Yeah. Okay. I used one of those as a modifier mm. for a portrait, and uh, it was beautiful. And so for lighting on the go, you've got your – I had my um, my flash on the on the pole. I had the dome on the top of that. And then I had my pocket wizard attached to the flash with hair elastic MacGyver. <laughs> Thank you very much. And so that was all secure. And so that set up, we just carried that around. And so we would uh, find uh, interesting and, uh, you know, exciting looking people in in awesome locations, Mm. ask them to pose. Um, Maybe one or two people said no. And so you've got this uh, gr- great setup that, that, that can be used anywhere and suddenly you can, you, you, you know, you've got light wherever yeah. you, you, can, you can recreate and make dark, dramatic, moody shots or mm. just if it's maybe a bit of uh, cucker lighting going on, you can just uh, um, bring a bit of light into people's face and uh, Brilliant. You know, create, create better looking portraits. So, yeah, it was a very, very easy setup and fast to use. So talk us through that. Now you sh- you posted this great shot on Facebook while you were away, and I was just like, "Wow!" And it's a shot of a ballet dancer in quite this derelict kind of building, and it was an amazing shot. And you've you've put a behind the scenes shot of that shot in the show notes. Yep. Talk us through that. Why did you want to shoot a ballet dancer? <laughs> B. What was so? A. Why did you want to shoot a ballet dancer? B. Why do you want to shoot her in a derelict, derelict building? Like, how did you think of this? Yeah. And um, see, how did you arrange it? So um, that's uh, having Lasis on board was uh, she uh, had connections with uh, dancers. I'm like, do you know any dancers? She's like, yes. But why were you wanting to shoot a dancer in the first place is my question. Because uh, I love dancers. I think they're beautiful. I think ballet dancers are beautiful. And I love the idea of contrasting um, someone so soft and delicate and beautiful against uh, something like a, a derelict uh, uh, theatre, which is like that faded beauty, but it's beautiful in its own right. But just Was it a derelict theatre? It's a derelict theatre. It's like oh. a, a, yeah, a theatre and it's now a dance rehearsal studio. So really? young dancers go and rehearse there on the concrete. Wow. So everyone, this does not look like a dance rehearsal studio. It really does look like it's an a old run theater, down but the, the, but old yet, building. No, that's uh, it's still it's but still used. It looks like it, a rundown old building that you know assassins would go chase Jason Bourne in. Yeah, sort of thing. It's um, it's like a movie set. Isn't yes, it? it's like a movie you, set. You you couldn't dream up anything no. any better. There's a security guard stationed. Uh, at the door 24-7 um, mm. to stop people from just coming in um, because it's, yeah, it, it, it's still used. And, and um, Lasis was telling me that the dancers that do rehearse there uh, damage their feet because they're having to, to dance on concrete. And just as an aside, um, the young lady from the uh, National uh, Cuban Ballet, they're all paid uh, around uh, $30 a month is their wage. Wow. Uh, and uh, whether you're a dancer, you are a street sweeper or a doctor, 
they all get exactly the same wage. So wow. it's around thirty dollars US is what they are they are paid each month. Mm. So okay. the cost of a cup of coffee mm. is a lot of money in Cuba. Okay. Mm. Did, how much? <laughs> no, no. To them, it's a lot of money. Oh, right. Us, like it's like uh, same price as what we pay in Melbourne, probably wow. a little bit less, two two fifty. Right. I see. What you wouldn't get decaf almond milk latte. No. So. <laughs> how did you survive? Okay. Um, yeah. Fantastic. So, how did you like this shot? So this shot I wanted to um, actually recreate. So this was early morning light that's sort of um, filtering in through uh, some of the windows there, and I wanted to recreate that. And the best way to recreate soft morning light is with an umbrella. Now, generally, as a general rule, I, I, I'm not a fan of um, umbrellas as, as lighting mm. because they spread light everywhere. Mm. The, for me, I like to just concentrate my lighting just into someone's face or just mm. into a certain area, and I find that the, the umbrellas just spread too much light. But in this case, when I wanted to just recreate um, soft, soft morning light, the umbrella box is perfect because what, what it is is you set your speed light um, up on the stand or on your light pole, and it bounces light into the umbrella mm back out again and then it's diffused again before it uh it goes out onto the model so it's like it it, it bounces and then it's diffused so it's d double soft yeah and so Gorgeous. it's perfect um perfect and it and it it, it 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 it's like the size of um an arm up to your elbow like yep. it's like it's tiny and it's a roll it rolls up like a, imagine an umbrella when it's collapsed down mm. so in your luggage and it's very very light so it just pops up very quickly and sets up so you know in 3 minutes you set up and ready to go and ready to shoot right yeah Wow. It's, anyway, it's a fantastic shot. What, it, it, do you, what are your plans for it? So that'll be in the book. Mm. Okay, that'll brilliant. Be in the next book. Can't wait for the Coming book to soon. come out. <laughs> <laughs> so you also have a shot of three young boys, and it looks like they're in um, like a square, like yep. a city square that's um, been freshly wet with either rain or, or just being washed or something. Yeah, so Tell us about that shot. We've also put that in the show notes. So when uh, people are travelling or they're out and about and it starts raining, a lot of people just um, go, well, it's raining, so, <laughs> so now I'm going to put my camera away and not <laughs> shoot anymore. But you know what? It's actually the best time to shoot. because, Why? Well, first of all, you get all these amazing reflections. Yeah, right. So you get the double whammy and it just adds another dimension to the shot. So as long as it's not pouring down with rain and you're getting soaked and your camera's getting soaked, mm. um, just the, like a little light drizzle is a great time to go out and, you know, like get the camera down very, very low and uh, try and pick up on reflections. I've seen some great shots where rather than photographing buildings, people photograph the reflection of mm. the building in a puddle. And that can look amazing and that's a great way to do travel portraits. So sort of uh, remember that it's like, you know, don't put the camera away when it's raining. It's actually a really good time to go out because less people on the streets as well. Yes. You've got more opportunities to take great photos. So so each afternoon around four, I think we got a, a bit of a thunderstorm and like maybe half an hour of rain. And so I would go out and, uh, and, 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 um, and, and get some shots. Now these uh, shots of the... The shots of these, the shot of these three boys, aren't, they're not posed. It's a very candid shot. They're kind of just running and playing. Yep. Did you, but you're quite close to them. Yep. Yep. So tell us a bit about that. So I'd actually spotted them at, from a distance and, uh, and actually gone up and I was uh, crouched down quite low and um, they, they had spotted me and they were, they were totally working the camera. <laughs> They were totally working it, and they and they did a like that. It ended with them um, posing like gangster style. Oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> For the next shot, uh, and then they loved it, and then you know they they were cool kids. You know what they were doing? They were doing slip and slide. Oh, really? On the yes, all wet. the way down. Yeah, for for like ages. So oh, the, the, they were loving it. Yeah, that that was their entertainment for the day. <laughs> 
All right. And there's also a shot of a a guy looks probably maybe fifty, and he's hasn't hasn't got his shirt on, but he's yep. just indoors yep. in like an old yep. kitchen. Yep. And he's smoking a cigarette, but it's this really grungy old yep. kitchen. How it, it looks like it's in someone's house. It is. Yeah. So tell us about how you got this shot. He lives next door to the gym. Right. And um. You mean the boxing gym? Yeah, the boxing gym, and okay. uh, I I uh spotted him uh, on the morning I was doing my uh, recce around Havana and he'd wandered out uh, mm. with just his pants on. He had his shirt off <laughs> and he was smoking a cigarette and I'm like, God, that's a good shot. And then he's wandered back in his house. He's invited us in to have a look around. And because we're in his house now, he's put his shirt back on. <laughs> and uh, I was like, can I get a photo? He's like, sure. And he's about to pose and I'm like, um, <laughs> can you take your shirt off? <laughs> Now, it's not like this guy's sexy or anything like or that. sexy, no, but it no. just – because the shirt that he was wearing was like a, I don't know, a labelled brand. It just suddenly brought the whole photo back into, like, the, the, you know, this century, like mm. this decade, and mm. it, it didn't work for me. But, like, as soon as he took his shirt off, there's nothing now in that image that – tells you what date it is no is it away it's really timeless and that's what I, and so and then i um asked him to light a cigarette because cuba's all about smoking yes. <laughs> and uh it just uh yeah i just got him to 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 smoke the cigarette and uh and uh just uh keep repeating the action uh which people are happy to do that like people love posing for the camera everyone yes. sort of thinks that they're uh you know an actor or a model in the yeah. making so um he was very very happy to oblige loved it in fact so tell me about the highlight of your trip Gina uh there was a few i think um i think photographing that ballerina like cuz i knew um I mean, the behind the scenes doesn't really do it justice, but the shots, um, creating that soft, soft morning light, the fact that I had a ballerina from the, you know, uh, the, the National Ballet there who'd come along and had agreed to pose for me, I was in that theatre that there was no way I would have access to, to a building as beautiful as that here mm. or anywhere else in my travels. And, uh, you know, and the fact that I was in Cuba doing that was just like, it was such a surreal moment for I me. That it was just like, you know, I was, I was really happy. And then the boxer again and, um, you know, Armando, who's the man smoking the cigar, as mm -hmm. the car went by, that was just kind of like, oh, I can't believe that all just came together yes. and it's all happening. So... Every day, Val, was pinched from the morning I woke up. Like I had an apartment in Havana and I could see out, out my window. Did you I, sleep there every night? I did, Val. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see um, – like all of Havana from the uh, from the balcony, oh, and wow. uh, you know every bar you went to. Ernest Hemingway drank here. Ernest <laughs> Hemingway drank here. Ernest Hemingway <laughs> drank here. And I'm like, geez, he drank in every bar in Havana, you yeah. know. So, but it was just it was very safe. Mm. Like I was, uh, very safe. Felt very safe to be walking around at night, and um, I found a new replacement almost for Nutella. No. Mm. No. Mm. What? Coconut ice cream. Really? <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. But you can get coconut ice cream here. Yeah, not like they make it over there. Really? Mm. Okay. Wow. Mm. So no, it's kind of organic. So it's just like really like the t the it, the flavors are real. It's amazing. So what? Apart from your hell trip, your airplane trip, what were the most challenging aspects about shooting in a location such as this? The heat, right? The heat was really challenging because it's just like you know there was times it was so hot that the, like the camera kept steaming up and I couldn't see through it and uh, you just like you that that was a challenge because they're mm. used to it the people that live there but I'm coming from kind of just out of Melbourne winter so I'm mm. used to sort of I don't know it was seven ten eleven degrees Celsius and then I'm going into thirty five sort of degree heat uh, it's challenging and 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 you're also uh, a bit jet lagged, 
So, and you've got to just like be able to think on your feet. And it's very easy to go, oh, I think I'm just lazy by the pool and not yes. thing. But I was uh, like up at seven every day and we shot till 12. And then uh, the afternoons and into the evening I would spend, because um, I was still having to write the book and get it finished <laughs> um, by the time I came back today. So that's what I was doing every afternoon. So it was wow. like. I was I was working really hard, but yes. I was working in Cuba, so it was kind of like everything about it was really cool. Was so great. your your visit had an agenda because you said you were you know wanting to shoot for um, a, a number of different projects, including yep. your book. Yep. Did you have time to shoot for no reason? You know what I mean? Just yes. because. Yeah. So I'd be just wandering around and I shot just because, you know, right. as, at dusk. Uh, because for me, um, I know it's cliche in Cuba to photograph the cars, but I think I'm deep down, I'm a bit of a petrol head. Yeah, I you believe know, that. I love my Fiat 500 Bambinos and I love mm-hmm. these classic American cars. So I was constantly on the lookout and particularly at dusk, there was something about shooting them when their lights came on mm. that I just found so beautiful. And I, I just find the way they're built and they're made. So a lot of the shots I was doing of them was just because. And you shoot very many bicycles, which is your usual obsession? You know, I was so um, – do you know I found a new obsession? Oh, no, really? First yeah. coconut ice cream and now yeah, you're bitching bikes? Photography, birds. Birds? Birds in flight. Oh, they're a bit hard to doing catch. It for me. Yeah, it's really difficult. It's really difficult to do okay. on it. So I'm actually constantly on the lookout and you've got to get up early. There's sort of dawn and dusk. The yeah, right. And so I'm trying to get like masses, flocks of birds. So, um, mm. yeah, it was kind of, I was constantly tossing up between the bike, the car, the bike, the car. There was <laughs> a couple of shots I got, car, 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 bike. Um, so, but not as many, uh, beautiful bikes around as you see maybe like in Paris or, or, or cities like that where they right. have bikes. So I didn't get a chance to, to see as many bikes. It was, it was about the cars and then there's just so many, um, incredible characters there. And finally from a, Disneyland. Cre- it's Disneyland. It's Disneyland. For Disneyland. From a creative point of view, what has this trip, um, done or inspired um, in terms of your own creativity? So it's, it's um, made me hungrier to travel to uh, more exotic locations. Uh, really? Further away. Oh, yeah. It's like, like where? Yeah, it's like, I want to go to Russia. Yeah, right. I want to go further south um, in, in South America. I just want to see, uh, you know, go to uh, more exotic locations and um, – uh, I'm very, very comfortable traveling on my own. Mm. Um, I just think you get so much more done and you get to really uh, discover the stuff that you want to discover, whereas often when you're with people, uh, you'll get distracted. I, I get, get, I can get distracted and not, not shoot as much as I want to because I feel guilty about, mm. you know, sort of leaving friends on their own. And sure, yeah. Whereas, you know, when, I, when it's just me, I will get up early. I will stay out late and, and photograph what I need to photograph and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just all about me. And, and <laughs> so, so I've come back actually more in love with photography than when I left. Wow. Even though I uh, worked my guts out on this trip, like I'm exhausted, but like I feel like I'm just feel full. I'm just so um, satisfied yet. Like I just want to go back and do more and more and more. So like wow. I, I, even the the traveling light that that style of photography that I, I kind of needed to develop on this trip, it's it's really made me rethink how I do a lot of things. So I mm. think it's it, it it did a lot for me. Wow, wonderful. Well, you certainly don't sound as if you've only that you don't you certainly don't sound like you haven't been sleeping for three days. I don't years, I sound uh, like I've been doing fifty lines of coke. So, you know, <laughs> America, but I, I haven't. <laughs> Which she hasn't been doing, everyone. Um, but we can't wait uh, till the Vegas episode where I will be grilling you on more than just your lighting kit and lighting styles. So uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about this Cuba trip? 
before we wrap up? um, If you can, if you're nearby, like those American listeners that are, it's kind of just like very, very close. And I think there will be uh, flights opening up directly out of America. If you get the opportunity and anyone is sort of like doubting and any females out there that have been thinking about it, but wondering about whether it's safe, it is, it's completely safe. Um, Go go before it changes because like mm. it really is like what what you saw in my photos is what you see on every single corner and it's wow. just like you've stepped onto a, the set of a Fellini movie everywhere it's you, you're not going to see I've not seen anything like it anywhere in the world I'm still like I'm still psyched and pumped about the fact that I went there c- c- still pinching myself that wow. I went Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing that um, all with us. And uh, just a shout out to everyone who has left us some um, reviews and ratings on iTunes. We really appreciate it. If you do have time, we would love it if you could uh, leave us a review or rating on iTunes. Uh, If you have a question that you'd like us to answer pop into the facebook group and ask it there and they'll not only will you get uh, an, an answer from a lot of people in the community who are pretty amazing yeah. uh you know there's an opportunity for us to critique your photos or answer your question in the podcast as well but i have to say that you've certainly made me hungry to go to cuba so i can't wait to hear all about vegas so <laughs> uh until next time what will you be up to now that you're back apart from getting quite a bit of sleep yeah so i'm going to actually i've got to get this house back in 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 order um but i think i'm going to give myself uh, a couple of days break and then it's uh it's uh back on deck uh next week and back back into shooting so that's me val what are you what are you up to I've got a lot of things happening. Um, I'm judging a short story competition. I would rather possibly be judging a phot- photography competition because I have to read 270 short stories of oh 3,000 words each. Oh, my God. But I'm sure it'll be fun. But anyway, <laughs> um, also a shout-out to Gina's newsletter. If you'd like to join uh, Gina's newsletter, it's awesome. So much really good tips and ideas and Gina's stories. They're fantastic. Uh, the newsletter list is growing day by day. Just uh, go to Gina Militia. That's M-I-L-I. CIA.com and uh, sign up for a newsletter. You won't regret it. Seriously, this is really good stuff, including uh, free Lightroom presets, which uh, Gina has created herself and are only available to people who've joined the newsletter. But uh, until next time, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K H O O, on Twitter and Instagram and a whole range of different places. And you'll find Gina, of course, where? At Gina Militia on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, yeah, I'm in the on in the, with the Facebook community as well. So come and say also, hello. But also go to GinaMilitia.com. Yes. So until next week, we'll talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer visit GinaMilitia.com.